This is Lead Minister Nathan Pelahowski of RSCC. I just want to welcome you to the RSCC podcast. Here's something I want you to know. I want you to know that you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says that you matter when he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Today I hope this message challenges you and encourages you to take your next faith step. Good morning, church. Well, my name is Adam, and I'm the youth minister here. If this is your first time or here ever or your first time back in a while, I just wanted to welcome you and let you know that I'm so thankful that you're here. Um, my name, again, I'm the youth minister. Usually uh, Nathan, our lead minister, is here, um, but he's out today, so I am so grateful to be with you this morning. Um, so like you see on the screen right here, we have been in a series uh, called 30 Pieces of Silver, and we're going to get into that in a moment, um, but I just wanted to... Uh, just talk about something crazy for a second because if you're a Purdue fan, um, I'm sorry. First of all, uh, not being from Indiana, I am not going to lie, I was rooting hard for the St. Peter's Peacocks and I am going to be rooting for them tonight. Um, but March Madness has been great uh, and also the spring weather made a little appearance for a second and then decided to be winter again, so we're hoping it warms back up. Um, but again, I'm just so thankful that you're here with us this morning. And this morning, I'm reminded um, just of how powerful and important being in a community uh, of believers is. Just uh, being able to come together and, and be real with one another and talk to one another about things that matter uh, is such a powerful thing. And I, I'm really grateful uh, for this space this morning where we're able to come together as, as people who are following after Jesus for a long time or coming to him for the first time and, and just coming together as one body from different places and getting to say, hey, we're all in this together. We're on this journey of faith together. How can we um, better follow Jesus and dive deeper into our faith? Uh, so with all that being said, uh, I want to jump into uh, our message for today. And if you were here last week, Nathan started this new series, 30 Pieces of Silver. And it's a series that is leading us up to the Easter weekend. And uh, that, that's going to be an awesome weekend. We are going to have it bopping in here. It's going to be great as we celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Savior, uh, and it's going to be a great time just to come together as a community all in one uh, place. So that's going to be great, but as we lead up to Easter, uh, we're, it's this weird time of year, right, where we're thinking about uh, looking forward to Easter and, and looking at what Jesus is going to do and what we celebrate him doing. And, and last week, we looked at a story of Judas. Nathan talked about the story of Judas selling and betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And he asked us this question. He said, what is your price? Because Judas's price to betray Jesus was 30 pieces of silver. And he asked us, what's your price? What are the things that you're willing to sacrifice uh, what you know is right? Where, where are you willing to compromise? Uh, what does it cost you for you to compromise your faith or what you know to be right? So that's where we went last week. This week, we're going to take a little bit of a turn um, and we are going to dive into a moment from Jesus' ministry, and, and it's a little bit before uh, the moment where Judas betrays Jesus. Uh, we go back uh, a few chapters in Matthew, and we'll find the moment that we're looking at today. And if you're following along in a moment, we're going to jump into Matthew 16. If you want to turn there on, or slide there on your phone, um, that's where we're going to be at, Matthew 16. Uh, so we're going to be looking at this idea as Jesus unpacks through this story, the idea and picture of walking from an old life into a new one and leaving behind the old and getting the new. And we're going to look at that through the lens of what Jesus says and instructs us to do of taking up our cross, taking up your cross. So that's going to be kind of where we're working with today. And as we do that, we're going to use what Jesus tells us about this idea and this 
topic of taking up your cross, and we're going to look at how we can apply it to our lives, how it influences, how we can make decisions, and what it means for who we are deep inside of our inner being. So as we do that, I would, just, would you bow your heads in prayer with me as we come to God's word? God, thank you for this opportunity for us to have a conversation about what it means to take up our cross. God, I pray that through this, this time, God, that you would reveal to us um, what you have to say about uh, this passage, God, and, and even more so, God, what Jesus is trying to do in our lives, God. So as we dive into this, God, would you just let this moment um, not be something that I bring to the table, God, but I pray that you would use your words and your spirit in this place here and now to, to teach us, to grow us, and, and mold us deeper into our faith. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we go in this morning, uh, we're looking at this concept that has been really key to the church and the Christian faith for really all of time, um, but it, it goes back to the beginning times of the church where this idea of the cross and taking up your cross has been central in the ways that people talk, in the ways people think about what faith is and what Christianity means. And, and as I was preparing for this morning, I, I thought of how some of us, uh, as we think about taking up our cross, we may, maybe you or, or someone that we know has thought about it in a way that we think, oh, I'm taking up my cross. It's this big hunking piece of wood that is a big burden on my shoulders and I got to carry it through life and I'm trekking through all the things that come my way with this big weight on my shoulders. But um, what I'm going to propose today is that's not necessarily the full picture because um, I believe Jesus' words when he said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And, And as he's somebody who lifts our burdens, who takes on our pain, And as we look at that, we're going to see how maybe the understanding that taking up our cross as being a burden isn't necessarily the full picture. So as I was thinking about that, I actually thought of my dad. My dad was a firefighter for most of his career. And one of the things he told me about uh, of being a firefighter was this thing called the Firefighter Combat Challenge. And uh, if you're familiar with it or you're not familiar with it, what it is, is essentially uh, this challenge or, or th- like thing that firefighters do um, where they throw on all of their gear, their 50 or 60 pounds of gear, and they uh, complete all these tasks. There's this huge staircase they got to run up and pull all these fire hoses and all this, all this crazy stuff. And um, so I would encourage you to go look it up if that sounds interesting. One article I read about it, it said it was the greatest two minutes of sports, which I mean, hey, maybe they think it is. I, I, my opinion, the last two minutes of a March Madness game can give you like 30 minutes of sports. So I, I would take that 30 minutes of the last two minutes of a March Madness game over uh, watching my dad try to pick up fire hoses. Um, but that's just my opinion. So you can go check that out and see if that's the greatest two minutes of sports for you. Um, but I share that because uh, from what I've been able to see in my short time here uh, on earth is that some of us, when we think about um, taking up our cross, uh, it's somewhat like putting on that 50 to 60 pounds of, of firefighter gear or whatever it might be, the weight in your life, and, and we say, this is my burden to carry. This is, uh, as I follow Jesus, this is my burden to carry, and these are all the things that I'm going to put on my shoulders as I follow Jesus. And uh, like I said, I think that's not the full picture. And as we look at Jesus' interaction with some of his followers in this passage, we might see what he really is meaning when he says, take up your cross. So uh, as, I, as I go through this and maybe reorient our idea of what it means to take up our cross, um, we're going to see this play out in a way that is so powerful. So we're going to just jump into it. Um, and it, Again, we're in Matthew 16. This is verse 24. Uh, so Jesus said to his disciples, uh, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. 
If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So we see here, just off the bat, that this is something that Jesus is talking to his close disciples about. This isn't a moment where Jesus was standing on a mountaintop, like preaching to a huge crowd. This was an intimate moment with those who had committed to follow Jesus. And he's talking to them, and he's like, guys, if you really want to, if you really want to be about this thing, if you really want to go all in on this thing that we're doing, this is what it looks like. He says, give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. And before we unpack that a little bit more, I think it's important for us to first look at uh, the idea of just the cross, because in our society today, uh, it, it has become uh, a little bit watered down, right? Because we have crosses hanging in our churches, we have crosses on steeples, uh, I have a cross tattooed on my arm, like we wear crosses on our jewelry. Uh, crosses are something that are somewhat uh, fairly well around our culture, like it's everywhere. We look, we can see or find a cross. But uh, what the reality was for Jesus and his disciples was that the word cross, uh, cross would not have been mentioned in any, uh, or even uttered any, any polite conversation. There was no body walking around with a, a cross necklace. Uh, the cross had one context. The cross had one purpose. And it was a, as a means to punish. It was a means to uh, execute somebody who did something wrong, who made uh, the government upset or uh, tried to uprise against the power in that region. And the cross was only seen as something to destroy, something that uh, was nothing that you wanted to be around, nothing that you would want to take up, nothing that you would want to talk about. So when we, when we understand that, that the cross wasn't something that offered hope, the cross wasn't something that offered any source of refuge in that time, because their understanding of the cross was one thing and one thing only. It was destruction, it was pain, and it was not something any of Jesus' followers would have wanted to been instructed to take up. So they would have been terrified when Jesus said this. And when we understand that, we can see that what Jesus was saying here was so incredibly wild. It was countercultural. It was uh, something that wouldn't have been received with sunshine and rainbows. And, and Jesus saying, to this, saying this to the disciples of take up your cross, it would, have, it would have felt so much more real and scary because right in the verses before this, Jesus was talking to his disciples. And he's like, hey, guys. I don't know if you know this yet, but I, I'm actually going to go to Jerusalem soon, and I'm going to go to the city, and there I, I'm going to be killed by the religious leaders. He, he predicts his death. He, he says, guys, I know we got this good thing going on, but I'm actually going to go to Jerusalem, and there I'm going to be ridiculed, and, and the religious leaders are going to put me to death. So the disciples' minds already would have been racing, like, Jesus, what are you talking about? You're going to go to Jerusalem and be killed? Like, we thought... We were on this mission to like build up this kingdom. You were the coming Messiah, the king that we were expecting. And he's like, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be killed. And then he follows that up with, take up your cross. They would have been like, okay, hold up. Slow your roll, Jesus. I need to figure out what you're saying here. They would have been distraught thinking, Jesus, we've been believing that, that you were the coming king, that you were the one that we could have hope in, and now you're going to be killed? Now we have to take up a cross, which is a means to our destruction? They would have been confused, right? And I imagine the disciples hearing these things of Jesus saying that he was going to be killed and that they needed to take up their cross and them being like, are you sure, Jesus? Are you, like, are you sure that's what you mean? You, you want me to take up my cross? What are you, what are you talking about? I, I thought you were going to be this glorious ruler over kingdoms. Being killed? Taking up a cross? Are you sure? 
And that's how I imagine the disciples responding in that moment. And there's this paradox in what Jesus is saying here. He's telling his followers that if they would want to save their life, if they would want to save their life, they're going to have to lay it down. And in the moment of asking if Jesus is sure, in, in questioning everything that Jesus had been doing, the disciples are met with this idea of laying down their life so they may save it. And in our Christian culture today, that's an idea that is somewhat common, but this would have been crazy for the disciples to think about, laying down their life so they could save it. And for Jesus to say that in order for one to get true life, they need to lay their life down. It would have sounded like the exact opposite of what his followers and his disciples would have been expecting. And Jesus so often, just like in this moment, takes our expectations of how something's going to play out, what to expect, and he takes our expectations and he flips them on their head. He says, oh, Adam, you thought that was going to go like that? Psych. And he flips it on its head. And in this moment, he's taking the disciples through this glorious journey as they're expecting him to be this glorious king. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go to Jerusalem and I'm actually going to be killed. And for you to find true life, you need to leave your own ways behind and take up your cross. And it's this moment where Jesus is flipping everything that the disciples would have expected on its head. And I walk us through this moment um, because in, in this, uh, this moment of choosing to see the cross as not a means of destruction, but as a means of salvation, it, it's something that reminds us of this journey that we so often think about in our Christian walk of leaving the old and stepping into new. And Jesus, in this moment of talking about leaving the old and stepping into new, pretty much what he's telling his disciples, if we were to break it down into normal language, he would, he's pretty much telling his disciples, your best life isn't on the other side of taking over the region. Your best life isn't on the other side of that big paycheck or, or that next house or that marriage. Jesus is saying your best life is on the other side of laying it down. In life that is truly satisfying, in life that is truly meaningful, in life that is truly life is on the other side of giving up your own ways, giving up your own desires, and surrendering it all to Jesus. And to break this down even further, what Jesus is asking his followers to do is he's pretty much saying, hey, would you give up your own way? Would you give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me? When he's saying that, you could break it down to say that he's saying, asking, would you lay down your own ways for the way of the cross? And and the way of the cross, it, it's actually a term that uh, scholars and people have used over the years uh, to describe the journey that somebody would go on uh, as they uh, were being led to be crucified. And maybe you've seen in movies or, or you have pictured it before of, of like Jesus or someone that was being crucified carrying like the, the wooden plank and, and being led to the cross. And the way of the cross is describing that moment of being led to the cross, knowing that there was nothing that you could do to save yourself because you were being led to death. And the way of the cross isn't one that uh, is sunshine and rainbows on it, in itself, but when we choose to leave our own ways behind and step into the ways of the cross, we are able to redefine what the cross means because of who went before us, because of who went before us. And we, we know that Jesus ultimately went to the cross and he was crucified. And, and on Easter, we get to celebrate the end of the story. Um, but we also, uh, on Good Friday, see that Jesus was crucified. His body was broken. 
And like I said, someone who entered the way of the cross, they knew they couldn't save themselves, and they understood that it wasn't some exciting journey they were on. It was a, it was a one-way trip. It was a one-way trip towards their end. So Jesus is asking us to, to join the way of the cross. So should we just be gloomy and look down and be like, well, just I'm in the way of the cross? But I don't think so at all. I don't think that's what Jesus is inviting us to. What I believe the purpose of us choosing to lay down our lives and lay down our ways and stepping into the way of the cross, it's meant to guide our heart to understand that we are broken and we can't go on this life journey alone. And although we might face hardships, we might face tough times, we might be let down, through it all, we're actually seeing how following Jesus is a process of dying to ourselves, understanding that this is a broken life we're living in and leaving it behind and choosing to step into new life through the way of the cross in relationship with Jesus. And, and this concept of dying to the old and living into the new is something that, whether we, we notice it or not, is something we communicate all the time as, as believers in the church through communion each week. Uh, we're taking the bread and recognizing that Jesus' body was broken. And we're seeing how our old ways uh, brought Jesus to where he went. And then in, in the juice, we get to celebrate and say that there's new life in the resurrection. There's new life. As Jesus rose from the grave, so too may we rise from our old ways and step into life with Jesus. And, and essentially, the, the concept of taking up our cross and walking in the way of the cross, it's ingrained into our DNA as followers of Jesus. We, we celebrate it through communion. And, and in baptism, right, we, we go under the water in old creation, right, and we come up a new creation. It's a symbolic moment of saying, I am not living in my old ways. I'm choosing to be made new and to live into a new life in Jesus. And as we keep moving and we keep, to look, keep looking at this thing that Jesus says here, uh, he goes on to say in verse 25, Jesus says this. He follows up the, the take up your cross verse with this. He says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. If you give up your life for my sake, you'll find it. You'll save it. And you know, while, while I was reading this and preparing this week, I, I thought of a moment in my life. Um, back in high school, I had a friend, family friend, who lived next door to me. And uh, him and his family had a place down at Norris Lake uh, in Tennessee. And it's a beautiful lake down there. Uh, if you're into boating, uh, you might know it or... Uh, you might relate to this story. Being on the river, I'm sure some people in here uh, are into boating, whether it be fishing or the, the water sports, tubing, all that. Uh, so I was down at Norris Lake one summer with my friend, uh, and they're really into all the water sports. So when I would go down there, we would do wakeboarding, you know, the skiing, the wake surfing, the whole nine yards, right? So I was down there one summer, and uh, one, one afternoon, we were out on the water, and we are sitting in a cove, and then we decided that we wanted to go wakeboarding. Um, and as... We were doing that, we kind of packed up, and we went out to wakeboard, and my friend went first, and he had a few runs, like went up, got on the wakeboard, it was awesome, um, and then he got tired, so I was like, okay, it's my turn. So I go out to wakeboard, and I, I'd only done it a few times at that, at that point, honestly. So I, I strap into the wakeboard, it's, it's like, if you've ever wakeboarded before, it's like, you strap into the board, and you're like really connected to it, but like, if you fall hard, like it'll come off. So um, I'm, I'm in this wakeboard, and I, I go for a few runs, and uh, I got up somehow, praise Jesus, I don't know how that happened because I was not very good. Um, so I get up on this wakeboard, right? And uh, after a few times, uh, I got a little tired, so I was thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, this will probably be my last run, right? 
So I'm down in the water thinking this is going to be my last run on this wakeboard. And, and my friend's dad starts to speed up the boat. And I'm in the water. And, it, and when the boat starts going, it kind of pulls you out of the water. And you got to hold on really tight. And as that happens, I, I was tired. So I lost my balance or something. And I, I kind of fell forward. And if you've ever been skiing or wakeboarding, you know, like the number one rule or, or what you're supposed to do is when you're falling is just like throw the rope. But being a... Uh, not the smartest tool in the shed at the time. Uh, I was like, well, uh, they're not going that fast. And like, I think it'd be kind of fun if I just like held onto this rope and like, it's like a little like otter in the water or something. And, and I hold onto this rope and it was, it was for like two or three seconds, it was awesome. And then uh, all of a sudden I was like, what just changed? I was like, something, something is a little different. It's like something, uh, like the water got real cold real fast. And, um, before, I, before I was like four or five seconds holding on to this rope, I realized that my, my swim trunks that were supposed to be at my hips uh, were at my ankles. And I'm, I'm gliding through the water, and all of a sudden I realized that I let go of the rope, and uh, then it was a ticking time bomb because my friend's dad was turning the boat around to come back, so I'm like trying to figure out how to fix myself before the boat gets back. And uh, to my, I'm sure my friend's family was happy that by the time they got back, I was able to get my swim trunk fixed, and it was all good. But... Uh, the, the reason I share that story with you today is because uh, it, there was a moment where I was supposed to let go of something, but I chose to hold on to it. And uh, it was kind of a funny story to have, but uh, the reality is that in our lives, uh, there's moments where maybe a season you're in right now, but there's moments where you see something in front of you, and you're like, man, that would be something to hold on to. That would be fun. That would be, that would be awesome if I held on to that thing. And then before we know it, leads us to a place we never wanted to go to. And maybe in your life there's uh, been an addiction that you've been hanging on to for years, and you're at the moment where you have to choose, am I going to hold on to this thing, or am I going to let it go? Or, or maybe in your life there's a relationship you've been entertaining for so long that you're at the moment where you're, you're going to have to choose, am I going to hold on to this thing? Am I going to let it go? Or, or maybe uh, there's been a, a spirit of gossip and treating people poorly in your life, and you've realized it, and you've gotten to the point where you have to decide, am I going to hold on to this thing, or am I going to let it go? And, and what, I, what I see this morning is that Jesus is saying that if we try to hang on, it's not going to end well. If we try to hang on, it's not going to end well. And there's things in our lives that, that seem good, right, that feel good, that, that bring us comfort, but... They were never meant to be what we hold on to. And if we hold on to those things in our life, Jesus says it plain and simple. He's like, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. And just like Jesus always does, he follows it up with a big butt because he's good at like showing us the reality of a situation and then giving us where the hope is and letting us know that there's hope, even if the reality kind of stinks. And here he goes on to say, but if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. If you try to hang on to your own life, you'll lose it. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And when Jesus' disciples heard this, uh, they, they would have been even more scared in this moment because first Jesus is talking about going to Jerusalem, being killed, and then he's asking his followers to pick up and take up their cross, which was uh, something that was meant to destroy someone. And then he goes on to say that they're going to give up their life. And they're probably thinking in their head, like, whoa, 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 what is, what is happening right now? What exactly are we doing here? And through this moment, through this moment with Jesus and his disciples, he's letting them know where true life stood. 
He's asking them, are you willing to give it all up? Are you willing to leave everything behind, everything you know, everything you are comfortable in? Are you willing to give it up? Are you willing to let go of all the things in your life that you care about in order to run after Jesus? In church, I want to be brutally honest this morning because I think it's something we all need to hear, including myself, is that I'm afraid that the American church has become so comfortable in our lives and complacent in our faith that if we're being honest with ourselves, we wouldn't be willing to give it all up and follow Jesus. And when I say that, you might be like, Adam, whoa, 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 you don't know me. You're right, I don't. Maybe know your heart, but I'm saying in all of our lives, there's something that might push us so far out of our comfort zone that we're like, whoa, 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 are you sure, Jesus? If, if God were to, to lead you to sell your house in Rising Sun and move to California and spread the gospel, to move to New York, to move to Maine, to move to some other country, would you be willing to, to leave everything, to give it all up, to follow the call of God on your life? If, if God were like, hey, I want you to quit your nine to five job and I want you to start a business that is missionally minded, that's gonna serve people well, when God asks us to do scary things, are we willing to let go of the things we've been holding on to? And I don't say that to come at anyone because I too struggle with those thoughts sometimes of like, if God called me to do this, if God led me here, what would my response be? How would I answer that call? And my fear is that in our society where we cling to what's comfortable and convenient, we as the church, we've lost some of the urgency that's meant to be in our faith. And I say this because I know that, that we can live our lives based on what our perspective is, based on what we know. But I also know that our perspective, it doesn't always match kingdom vision. And Adam, what do you mean by kingdom vision? I mean the, the vision that God has for what our lives are meant to be, the purpose that God has instilled in each and every one of our walks. And sometimes our perspective can make things blurry and distract us. But God has a purpose in each and every one of our lives that's meant to take precedence, that's meant to be the first and foremost at the center of what we do and what we say and how we treat others. And our desires and thoughts on life and, and what we're doing, it's not always gonna fall in line with what God desires. So, so sometimes we have to let go of our own desires, let go of what we know. And, and you know, the other day I was listening uh, to Francis Chan. He's a, he's a popular uh, preacher and he was sharing this story uh, it was a video I was watching on YouTube. He's sharing this story about a time he was over in a foreign country, and he was serving in this community with some people, uh, some local church leaders, and he was in this community that was just simply starving. Like, all ages, they had a lack of food. They had no food to go around, and he said it broke his heart, and, and they came together as the church leaders in the area and tried to meet the needs as best they could and set them up to have food in the future. But he said that when he came back to a city, and I think he's from San Francisco, he came back to San Francisco and said it, what was so hard after seeing a community that had no food at all was to come back to a city and be a foodie. And, and if you are familiar with the word foodie, uh, all foodie is is somebody who like, really likes to try unique or good foods and go to different restaurants and try all these places around different cities and try good food. And he said it was so hard to go from a place that had nothing, that literally would do anything for just a bowl of rice and chicken to come back to a place where it was so easy to be in excess that he, he said it broke his heart. And, and I, what he said that caught my attention was 
that some of us, and he, what he was afraid of is that some of us in America have become spiritual foodies. And it sounds silly, but what he meant by that is, is that a lot of the times in our life, um, we get in the mindset where we're like, oh, that sermon from a few weeks ago was so good, or oh, worship didn't really do it for me today, or oh, I think I need to find a church that gives me X, Y, or Z, and we get caught up in a cycle where our faith experience uh, is boiled simply down to us taking things in and, and following our favorite pastors online, and, and we get caught up in the cycle of uh, taking things in and, and essentially cutting ourselves off from the reality that there are people around us in our communities, in our families, in our world who don't know Jesus, who are separated from the relationship with the Father because they, they don't know Jesus. And it would be silly for us to, to live out our faith, to go through our whole faith journey, taking things in and, and picking and choosing from the faith buffet of what we want and forget the mission of why we do everything we do. The, forget the purpose of why Jesus came to earth. And it would be silly for us to get so lost from what we're supposed to be focused on. Because there's times where it becomes easy to get caught up in like, oh my gosh, I want this church experience to be this. If this has changed, this is how we did it for forever. I don't want it to change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cling on to this. And too often, myself included, it can become a, a place where we just get, conf- we just get lost from why, why we're doing the things we do. And the reality is, like I said, there's people that you know, there's people that I know that don't know Jesus, that are, are living this life not connected to a relationship with God. And we aren't meant to be people that shame those people. We aren't meant to cast any judgment because me and you are, are those people. We just chose to receive the relationship with Jesus. We aren't any better than anybody else. We aren't people that uh, have something right that other people don't have. We are people who are broken and need Jesus just as much as the next person. And, and as we are invited to take up our cross and step into the way of the cross and leave our old ways behind, it's not meant to be a process where we uh, are put into a small community. It's meant to be a process where we understand who we are. We understand that we are broken people who need Jesus, and we are invited to step into the way of the cross where we are able to extend God's love to those around us, to extend his kingdom into our families, into our communities, into our workplaces. And the reality is, is if we're not willing to give God our full attention and commitment, we're going to get caught up in a cycle that leaves us distracted, that leaves us unfocused, and it's so easy to let that become our normal. And then before we know it, 20 years down the road and we look back and we're like, who have I led to Jesus? Because the reality is each and every one of us have the opportunities and call to lead people to Jesus to say, hey look, I didn't get here on my own, look at the Jesus that brought me here. And you don't have to have a stage, you don't have to have anything, you just have to have a willing heart to share your story, to, to share love with one another and, and bring those who don't yet know Jesus into relationship with him. And, and you know, my message that I really want us to leave with today is, is to wake up and take up. Obviously, take up the cross like Jesus instructed, but wake up from any spiritual complacency that might have snuck into our lives. Wake up from the idea that things in this world will ultimately satisfy us. 
Wake up from the idea that our faith is, is only active on Sundays and only somebody on a stage can share the gospel. Wake up and, and take up your cross. Take up your cross and follow Jesus, not so you might carry burdens on your shoulders, because we know that Jesus already did that for us, but rather so that we could experience life in Jesus that is truly meaningful, truly purposeful, and truly centered around the gospel. And, and you know, guys, I, I was reminded just that life is too short to be distracted, to chase and, and chase after things that aren't going to satisfy us. And, and trying to stay comfortable will, will get us so far, but it's not enough. Staying comfortable is not enough. We have to be willing to let go of the old and walk in to the new, even when it's tough. And this call to wake up from, from me is not just from me. It's in the next pa- verse of this passage we've been looking at. Jesus here, he says, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? He, he kind of gives us a reality check. He's like, what do you benefit if you chase after the things that make you comfortable? What do you benefit if you cling on to the things that are ultimately going to let you down? You might be left with swim trunks at your ankles, but um, he says this because it, it reminds us that if we're willing to leave what is comfortable, the, to leave the things of the world that we cling to, we're able to step into life with Jesus that is purposeful, meaningful, and life that is truly life. And just as Nathan said last week when he was talking about Judas giving Jesus up for 30 pieces of silver, He's like, that's a bad trade. That's a bad trade. To step away from the purpose Jesus has for you, just to be comfortable or to chase after you want what you want, that's a bad trade. It's a really bad trade. And for you to sell your faith short by settling for just barely getting by or, or only having a purpose-filled life on Sundays and then forgetting about God the rest of the week, it's not what God has intended for us. He has intended us to have rich and meaningful lives that are engaged in our communities and, and in relationship with those around us, extending the love that he has for us onto others, and, and really living out the gospel in every aspect of our lives. And, you know, this week, um, we celebrated and remembered the lives of some men in our church community who passed on, and, and I, I, was, I was very thankful to be there uh, for one of them on Wednesday, and I was just watching, and I was just reminded that what James said is so true. What James said when he said that our lives here on earth are way too precious and much too short to waste our time, and he said that by saying, what is your life? You are in mists that appears for a little while and then disappears. Essentially what he's saying is in your milliseconds that your mist is hanging in the air, are you going to choose to use your time to, to cling to what is comfortable, to build up your own kingdom? Or are you going to use the time that you have, which is precious and valuable and couldn't be traded for anything else? Are you going to use your time to step into purpose that God has for you and to take up your cross, not so you may carry your burdens, but you could understand who carried them for you? And you could step into a relationship with Jesus and, and walk out your faith in your life, in, in your family, and in your community. And, and when I hear Jesus saying this, he's like, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Would you, would you please just surrender your life to me and just be like, God, I, I give up 
my own way. I take up my cross. God, I'm willing to follow you through thick and thin, whether it makes me uncomfortable, whether you call me to do something crazy and leave behind what I know is my normal. I'm willing to do that, God. I'm willing to, to go to the place you take me. I'm willing to become the person that you mold me into. I'm willing to do it. He's saying, don't miss it. Don't get so caught up in the things of this life that you miss why you're here. Because like I said, our time is valuable. Our lives have purpose and deep meaning. So my, my desire for us today is that we would commit ourselves as individuals and as a community uh, to be people who are willing to leave our own desires behind, to, to die to ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus. Because I truly believe that when we do that, when we allow God to move in every aspect of our being, move in every part of our lives while we're at work, when we're at home, when we're parenting, when we're hanging out with friends, when we allow God to penetrate every single aspect of our lives and, and, and instill love in our actions, we're letting the gospel shine through us. And we're saying, I didn't get here on my own. I'm not some perfect person. I'm only where I am today because of the one who went before me, because of Jesus, my Savior. And he went before me. And as I take up my cross, I'm not carrying my burdens, yet I'm choosing to leave my old ways behind and, and go through the process of being refined. Just as Jesus went to the grave and rose again, we're choosing to die to ourselves and being risen into a new life. That is life with Christ. And, and before I close up today, I just, if, if you're here today and you've been listening to what I'm saying, and you're like, ah, it sounds really good, but I don't, I don't really know what that means for me. I want to challenge you to lean into the presence of God because wherever you're at in your journey, whether you have known Jesus for, for 20 minutes since you came in here, so you've, this is the first time you heard of him, or if it's been 60 years of you following Jesus, there are ways in your life that God is going to speak to you. There are going to be moments where you are, are made uncomfortable by what God asked you to do, but I challenge you, and, and I invite you to step into purpose with life in Jesus, because I, in my life, have found that there's nothing worth chasing after more than the cross of Jesus, because in the cross, in the moment of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we find meaning, we find purpose that cannot be found anywhere else. So uh, if, if you are hearing that for the first time, and you're like, man, that, man, I just feel that in my spirit. I, I know that there's something more to my life than what I've been living for. Please, please, please do not move quickly on from that moment because God's trying to do something in your heart. And whether that is having a conversation with someone you trust in your life or having a conversation with me after or, or calling somebody you haven't talked to in a few years and asking them a question or reconciling with somebody I challenge you to not miss the move of God in your life because it's where we find who we truly are and our true purpose. So this morning, as I, as I begin to wrap up, um, I just want to invite you to be people who leave our old ways behind, who are continually being refined because we're all in a process and all in a journey that doesn't end. It's a continual lifelong process of stepping into God's presence, being refined, and transformed. So over these next few moments, in band, you can begin to come. We're going to sing a couple songs, and we're going to receive communion. And I ask that
that you would just rest in the presence of God. That's all I ask, that in these next few moments, you would, you would truly just rest in the presence of God because I can stand up here for five hours and say a bunch of things and it wouldn't be worth just one word from God. So if you uh, are comfortable with it or you're not comfortable with it, I challenge you to just listen. See what God has to say to you because uh, like I said, I could speak all day. Nathan could speak all day. We could listen to somebody online all day, but nothing is as precious as a word from God in a secret place, in a secret place of prayer. So as we continue in worship, would you just rest in God's presence? Because when we come to the Father and we surrender ourselves to Jesus, we're able to live a life that's full of true purpose here on earth and, and that carries over into life after this earth. And when we take up our cross, we follow Jesus, our experiences, our life, and our relationship are drenched in love and drenched in the gospel. So as we, as we grow to be people who follow Jesus with everything, would you bow your heads in prayer with me? God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for giving us the opportunity each and every morning to come to the cross and ask you to continue to refine us, God, to help us grow into the people that you're growing us to be. Because God, we cannot get to where we're going without you. We can't become the people that you want us to become without you, God. We can't uh, to reach the people that you would desire us to reach without your presence, God. So over these next few moments, God, I pray that your spirit would fill this place, God, that you would come into this room, God, and speak to us what you need to speak because you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, and you deserve our highest praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen been great hanging out with you guys today. I hope that message challenges you and encourages you today. We would love to have you on campus sometime at one of our services at 8.30 or 10.45 on Sunday. Or to find out more information about RSEC, you can always go to the RSEC Family app or follow us on any social media platform at RSEC Family. Most of all, remember, you matter. Not because I say you matter, but because God says you matter. Now go and be blessed.